Um, okay, um, I'm going to do some obvious ones, uh, obviously just to sort of uh, pull a lot of people in. But um, over the last five years since you released uh, the Drill EP, um, you've done obviously the two albums now, you've got OK Computer. Um, how would you sort of sum, sum up that period, the last five years? Um, it's it, in, in some ways actually feels that we're only really starting in some ways. Um, I know it sounds odd five years down the line, considering how many gigs we've done. But there's something about releasing this album, which I don't know, it, we feel. It, I think it's just a really good um, representation of us. It's, I think it's the closest we've come to feeling confident about what we do. Um, you know, we, the way we approached it was to, to produce it on our own. Um, and that, that gave us, you know, the responsibility came full circle back onto us. Okay. So, you know, I think um, it's just been this time of, you know, gradually building things up. And now it just feels like there's this awareness of us around in a lot of places now. Um, and we're just quite excited to see, you know, how, how this album is actually received now. Because there's been quite a gap between, obviously, Pablo and Rodney Benz and you know, the, but the funny thing is, like looking, I, I think that like looking at each stage, it's you know, what what what's an album supposed to? Do? An album's supposed to capture, it's like a musical photo of the band at a certain stage, and the thing about going back to the Drill EP and everything is that it has. And at times when we listen to Pablo Honey, when we, when we, you know, in our site, when we recorded it, after we recorded it, there were things that we weren't happy about. But the things that we weren't happy about really are our own playing, you know. And we progressed as a band, you know, through 12 years of playing, because we, you know, we started this band in 85 at school. So if you learn your instruments as a trade, you know, the only way you can actually get better is by going out and doing loads and loads and loads of gigs. Mm. And, and, and the Drill EP represents us at a certain time. Pablo Honey sounds, you know, that Creeps recorded over, over five years ago. And it's kind of, it's, 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 it's pretty naive and it's, it's still great, but it's, it's, but I think each, and the great thing about anything that we've done, and also if you like all the B-sides, and what we're hoping in the future is to B-sides album, bring out a B-sides album. Please. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're really proud of those, because they're definitely, you know, they, they fill in the chunks of time in between doing the bulk of the album. So you see the progression on that. So, um, I think it's really interesting, and this album, like Phil says, represents us now. And we we got to stage last October. This is like '96, and we did the first session for OK Computer, and we were playing like we've never played before. And it was really, really bizarre doing takes, going in and listening to it, and going, yeah, Jesus Christ, was that us? And and it was it was really, really. I mean, it's an amazing feeling because it's like it's like 12 years you've been leading up to this. Yeah and floundering and you know sometimes you have your on days some days you have your off days before but there was like a lot more consistency and and it wasn't kind of like an understanding like you do this i'll do that kind of thing it's much more because it's just it's just literally through playing having the luxury of being together as a band for 12 years which i don't think can be underestimated you know it's so important we're very the marriage seems to have sort of well you've settled in the sense that you know i mean you're perfectly in tune with what you know, each of you are doing and how you do it, I'm sure. Yeah, but like any good relationship, you don't take one another for granted. No. And, and, and that's what we've been through, you know, and there'll be plenty more we've been through 
um, emotional problems and, and, and infighting and stuff like that. But we've always kind of sorted it out and it'll carry on, but there's always a belief like if there's a big a next big one, it won't be all over. There's 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 kind of who, but who knows, it could be like that. That's the other thing, is that you never know. That's what keeps it exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I said, what, what was interesting is that, I mean, the rehearsals for, uh, for our care computers started last year already, um, um, in February. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's a, why such a, a long time? I mean, I know you're very sort of... Uh, uh, well, which, I wouldn't call it precious, but you, but you're... <laughs> yeah, but the songs have to evolve. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I've got like 20 cassettes right. from, from Morgan, always took in a Walkman to the, and recorded usually the uh, bulk of a session. And you see how so it's brilliant to listen to. I mean, boring probably for anyone else, apart from a hardcore Radiohead fan. But it's like, it's really interesting because you get, you know, you get a song like No Surprises, how it started. And you forget all those things as well. You know, and it's, it's, and, and I've got the same for the Benz as well. I've got the Benz sessions, how, how that started. Mm. And those songs, and it was, you know, it's really interesting because tempos change, lyrics change, and, you know, two weeks later things change. It's also a lot we had to learn as well last yeah. year. It's true. So you know, coming back to this whole thing, evolution of the song, but the way we, you know, coming back to this um, thing of producing it ourselves, there was so much to actually get our heads around on that. But the fact that, you know, we we actually had to, to say, okay, this is when this song's working, this is when we have to move on. And for us, I mean, there's always been a producer there to actually say that and actually usher us down certain routes. Um, but to actually um, do that ourselves, I think you know each one of us is, is a little freaked out by it. So at that point, having that kind of freedom. Um, so you know, for a year to actually learn all that, I think we've done pretty well actually. And we did quite a bit of touring in the meantime. Yes, as well. which you did in between, which was interesting. I mean, was that was that just to, to try the songs out to an audience? And, and it was, yeah, it was a bit of both. We had to go back to America. They wanted, the record company wanted us to go back to America twice last year because the Benz was doing all right in America. Yeah. So we did our own tour and then we supported Alanis for about three or four days, three or four weeks. But the opportunity is there to play new songs. In the Alanis states especially, we'd have 35, 40 minutes on stage. Half the set, you know, five out the nine songs or whatever were, were, were new songs and it's great so we went straight back into the studio and, and we were already kind of we were playing really well yeah 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 and um your 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 choice of venue for recording the album was also sort of quite interesting i mean from yeah uh, doing it at uh hand applause which that was where you started it that's right and then you moved it over to uh james seymour's house that's right now that now that was interesting to me because you know why why at that point did you move from from your own place out? Ah, <coughs> um, oh, the, the place that we've got is, is actually it, it's brilliant for rehearsing, but the, the facilities are a little uh, spartan, to say the least. So, um, also we we want we decided we wanted to actually go somewhere where we're actually completely immersed in it. So you know, but we could cut ourselves off really. Mm. Um, and just just listen to ourselves. Um, uh, the trouble is, Candle Applause wasn't residential, was it? So no. the sessions, well, it was the, it was the height of the summer. If you're a farmer, yeah, <laughs> it's the height of the summer. Euro '96 is on. There's a lot of you know beautiful summer evenings, and 
we hadn't been at home for a summer for ages, so by about 10 in the evening, we were all kind of like, Paul Nigel was kind of like, right, guys, we're going to stay till 2 or 3. And we were like, well, we were thinking uh, of packing it <laughs> up today, right? We've so, already done two hours today. <laughs> but the, the interesting also awesome thing about Candle Claws is that, that those sessions was that there was no stress whatsoever. Mm. It was incredibly easy. And it was very weird because that's the first time it had been like that. And we didn't think that anything productive had come out of it. And it was only going on and doing, you know, more. When we went to got to Jane Seymour's, we did we did more versions of No Surprises, which we ended up using the first take of the first day in Candor Applause, so our first day recording in our new studio environment. But we did like another four or five versions of No Surprises, and actually came back and saw what what was great about that sound and, and that yeah. time. So. Um, we actually did get, I mean, Subterranean was basically tracked there, Electioneering was basically tracked there. And the Tourist. Tourist was basically tracked there, so four out of the twelve songs were in a month that we didn't think that, that, that working, well, everyone was kind of like, ah, manana, manana, you know, we were very... <laughs> <laughs> Whenever, yeah, yeah. And um, if, if you sort of had to sort of take an average day, as I said, you, you took it quite easy, um, there wasn't any pressure to... Uh, to put something together, really, yeah. um, you know, in a certain time frame. Uh, what was an average day like, I mean, in, in the studio? There's no such thing as an average day in the studio, unfortunately. You know, it's, you've got five people, five different people, well, six, including Nigel, who, who engineered it, and you've got all those different moods firing off against each other. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> How you can ever predict what is going to happen within a day, it's, it's impossible. I mean, you get to this situation where you, you can go for about two or three days and you think nothing's happening, and it can get a little depressing at points, and then suddenly everything will just click in on, on, on another day. Um, and, you know, suddenly you get get rather cocky and think... <laughs> I, like the analogy, I like the analogy of a Wild West town, you know, some days it's real quiet, nothing's going on, <laughs> and correct. And then other days everyone's firing at one, another is like sniper fire from windows. And then the other days, you know, there's a wedding, it's all good. So, it's, as you said, it's, it's like anything can happen. Yeah. It's true. The only regular thing is, um, is grub, is feed times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which was amazing. Yeah. You looked forward to that, did you? Yes, uh, I think we all put about an extra stone on. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's the heavyweight version of a radio head, and that's, that's not talking in terms of our material. <laughs> and um, as I say, talking about uh, Nigel and Godrich, I mean, you've used him. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's engineered for you in the past. In the, in the, in the most in the recent bands. stuff. Yeah. And the yeah. Then, then he started to produce. Yeah. Um, why, um, why him again? Well, because first of all, he's a he's an excellent engineer. He's a brilliant engineer. He likes to work quickly as we do. And also, I mean, I think probably the main thing is probably personality as well. In in the sense that he's he's tw he's 27, 28, our age or whatever. And it's really nice. It's a great feeling to have. Um, people who are your own age, there are six of you in the studio, and you're actually doing it. I mean, it was great doing an album with John, and actually John Lecky actually sowed the seeds of this. He said, you can do what you want in the studio, you know, he, he, he demystified the whole process. Um, so, and when, when he went away for three days to do some mixing during the bends, we did some recording with Nigel, and it was like, it was, it just felt so good, you know. It, it was, 
Uh, it was a bit more hit and miss than, than, than John in those days, but by the time we were doing OK Computer, we'd done some stuff with Nigel already. It just, it, it, it felt really right. There's, he's a real fan of, of the band and we're a real fan of his. And, and so you sort of grown with the band, really? Yeah. Where, you, where your sound is And going. the psychology of it is very important as well. It's very easy to get freaked out by like some kind of... You know, when John Leckie was first, the first four or five weeks in Rack, were a nightmare. And that wasn't because of him, that was because of us, because there was John Leckie, this, you know, this big producer, you know, huge number of albums that we loved that he'd done. And it's, it's you know, you, ca you can't help but think um, all the time, like, God, he engineered the first George Harrison My Sweet Lord session, here I'm fucking up my guitar part, you know, what must he... There's all that kind of stuff, all that history, in, and, and of course that's not what John's thinking, because, you know, producers no, don't course. do that. Yeah, yeah. But, so, Nigel's Nigel's just you know he's 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 excellent as well. He's yeah. a great great engineer. Said it was interesting. I mean, you worked with uh, Paul Calderi as well. I mean, on, on and Sean and, Slade, yeah, uh, which was also an interesting one. I mean, because at that point you were Tallinn Centre was a young band, a new band, and uh, and you were working with someone with an American yeah. uh, producer, which. To say it wasn't a typical thing at that point, I think, to do for a lot of British. British yeah, I think at the time, I mean, if, if you look at the bands that we were listening to, it was, you know, bands like Sonic Youth and um, Pixies and uh, Dinosaur Junior. And so, I mean, they were very much at the centre of that whole whole scene. So for us, it seemed like a fairly natural choice at the time. Um, again, we, you know, we were, we were quite in awe of oh, them yeah. as well, and their, their pedigree. True, true. I mean, at that early stage as well. And um, were you touring, uh, I mean you did you did the American Days of the Lamas when I said, then you also did some dates in Holland uh, and yeah. Belgium. It seems that uh, you, you, your following there seems to be obviously uh, pretty big as well. But um, was there, um, was it actually a beneficial thing to tour? To, well, to tour during recording the album. Yeah. I mean, because it's sort of taking you away from that environment that you're sort of getting into and then you're, you're productive and then all of a sudden you're away again. But that, yeah. Was that good or bad? It, it was actually really good for us. I mean, we, we needed to... I think when we work best is when we're actually stimulated and, and challenged. And there's a, there's a challenge for being out on the road and then suddenly coming back in and recording, which is what we did. Mm. Came back straight from an Alanis tour and within four days we were in the studio. And we, in those first three days in the studio, against all the odds, we actually did so much stuff. I mean, we basically did the tracking for Climbing Up the Walls, Let Down, um, Karma Police. Um, we did a lot in those. And that these are like live takes as well, you know. What you hear on Climbing Up the Walls, most of it is, apart from the strings, uh, uh, most of it is, in fact, all of it is tracked live. I mean, it's everyone in a room playing together. So, um, yeah, you, you, it's it's really good for us to be able. We like that idea of, of being in the studio for a week and then, hey, let's go out and do a couple of shows and see how people see how people respond react, to the yeah. gig. Mm. I mean, it's a bit of a nightmare logistically for our crew and stuff like that because they're kind of like stood down for a week and then they're back on active duty. Yeah. But it's really good for us. It really works for us. Yeah. And it, I think it'd be great to come to the, you know, you get to the stage where I think we would really respond to it well that you forget all this nonsense about album tour, tour, album tour, tour, that you could just, you could just tour, 
and the album and, and I'm sounding a bit like the Grateful Dead. <laughs> Carry on, Jerry. <laughs> yes. But it would be it would be because we get so much. You know, a lot of the creative stuff is actually done on the roads. You know, Tom does a lot of his writing on the road as well. Yeah. It's funny because when church is on the road, that's the time when you get more time to yourself. Yeah. You can actually... You can actually concentrate. Yeah, on music. Writing songs, sorting out your parts. Because, I mean, when you're at home, there are just a thousand and one other things that will crowd in on you. The bills. The bills, yeah. It's also a really good way of actually seeing what songs do work, how they work. I mean, take Paranoid Android, for instance. I mean, it's fairly lengthy in its current state. <laughs> but when we were touring it, it was about 10 minutes long, wasn't it? Yeah, 10 minutes long. Well, live it would work, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. <laughs> it won't be 10 minutes tonight. <laughs> because, I mean, that, that for a first single is, uh, I mean, it's a brilliant song. I mean, you know, me and my biased way. Um, <laughs> but uh, for a first single, I mean, come yeah. on, you know, I mean, you, you battled with radio. But, but let's see, what we, 20 years ago, that wouldn't, no one have thought anything of it, would yeah, they? It's yeah. just, it's whether you're a music fan or whether you're a fan, I mean, I, I was talking to a radio station yesterday in Catalonia and they were saying, they, they were on the phone, they're going, this Barrel Android song, it's a very, very long song. And I, I, you know, you have to turn around and said, well, you know, it depends whether you're a music fan or whether you, you cater for your, ad, you, you know, your advertisers, whether you're, you do a radio station to get adverts and make money or whether you actually, you know, obviously there's a fine line and there are commercial implications, but there's still room for a six and a half minute single. If yeah, it will, that will radio, like radio, well, <laughs> will K-Rock turn around and go, oh, great, we'll stick this on our playlist? Probably like not. This, no. is, this is a problem, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I mean, as you say, I mean, for the music fan, it's, it's, it's perfection because that is the way the song yeah. should be. But you so see, what we're going to do is, anyway, in America, we're not releasing it to radio. It's going, we, because we've done a video, it's going exclusive to MTV because there's no point going to, I mean, Radio 1 in England, they're playing it, they're hammering it to death. Yeah, yeah. And, but K-Rock or whatever, radio stations wouldn't pick up. If it becomes like a... Then from yes, MTV, like, then of course they'll like play. They would, yeah. 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 But it's, um, no, I mean... Yeah, well, you, well, well, you're challenging the system in a way. Yeah, I mean, maybe not obviously, but, you know, you're not... Uh, I think we had to work with uh, the songs that were on the album, really. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And it also, and it's the first song we played to our friends, yeah. you know. So it's, you know, it's, as I said, you know, it, it, the reason why, why we played that song, um, first of all, was about, it seemed to actually draw people into the album as a whole. It seems, because, you know, it's, it's, you know, this album's coming from a lot of diverse areas, really. And that's, that's for one song in the album that actually encapsulates all of that, I think. So. And then, I mean, the interesting thing is now that you, you're going to have 12 videos that you're going yeah. to make for this as well. So. It's true. Why? I mean, not that it's a bad thing, but uh, was was that sort of... Um, do you mind? I want to make sure to just add all this. Can I? Can I sure, do. Yeah, do. Yeah, do. Yeah, do. Uh, what was the... So say, uh, whose idea was it to do the 12 videos now? Is that sort of an accompaniment to the album? It was It was our video commissioner, Delia Parlophone. Mm. She... Um, there was this whole thing with, with we decided like on the bends to start taking videos a little bit more seriously and not um, uh, and not necessarily butt in with our own ideas, go with directors and and, and, 
and let them be creative and try and do something different, you know, get away from the performance video, get away from this. So, with the, with the sort of the, I don't know, it, was, it got to a stage, it was like, how, like, how do you beat a video like Street Script? How do you beat, beat a video like Just or, or, or um, uh, Fake Plastic Trees? You know, it's very difficult. So, and Dilly said, well, let's turn it around. Let's just do a video for each song, keep them relatively low budget, and try and, try and do it different. Use animators, and, and Paranoid Android is, is animated. Uh, video with us barely in it, you know, one shot in a barn. There's this little figure called Robin. Yeah. Have you seen Robin? Uh, I haven't. I've, I've, I must admit, I've read a lot about it because that's obviously, I mean, the naming of the album as well. I mean, and uh, sort of the paranoid android, and to me, the link with um, uh, the the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe or type of thing. I mean, is is there a theme? Um, an obvious thing with the album, I mean, is that what, are you pushing for that, or...? No, that, that no. makes it sound, just sound a bit like a, a concept album. Yeah, yeah, well, um, this is, you know... I think, no, if, if, if a concept ever came in, into it, it would have been at the end when we were just trying to pull in, like, all these different elements of, of the album to actually make it... let it uh, make sense as, as, you know, as a body of work then. But there wasn't something that we thought, okay, oh yes, let's let's develop, let's really examine this whole idea of technology and music and, yeah, yeah. and technology and, and how it relates to us today. I mean, that really didn't come into it. Um, I think, I think you know, of course. I mean, I, with, lyrically with Tom, I mean, is um, all the lyrics were written within a certain uh, time frame. Um, so, I mean, they are going to be links, I mean, you know, it's, uh, they're going to be crossover in, in his interests there. Um, but to actually sit down and um, make make a concept album would just be so incredibly tedious yeah, and, yeah. and just really limiting from a, from, um, from a recording point of view. And an obvious one, the title of the album. Okay, Computer. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of... What's, 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 what's really interesting about it is I think it's a, it's a working title. It was the name of a song that was not a very good song and uh, that never was never recorded. And um, and it kind of lasted it. it. There's this whole, there's a, there's that whole thing, you know, it can be taken anyway, there's a duality about it. It can be a positive force and a negative force. Okay, computer, you know, it's let's do this. I harness the technology. Or it's the other, the downside of it, it's the how, like, 2001 kind of computers running the ship you know the, so there's, there's but it's lots of things you know we bought all this we recorded this album um, basically with gear we bought created a mobile setup and um, we we basically just you know we're surrounded by this technology we didn't have a fucking clue how it how a lot of it works and and part of the process was you know you know, going in there being nervous, surrounded by all these toys, and kind of like, well, how does that, pulling knobs, and how does that work? And it was, it was very kind of, it's very liberating experience. It's kind of that whole thing, like when kids, you know, kids are supposed to be much better with computers than adults, because they just like, they yeah. dive headfirst in and they don't care. And adults are like, oh, can't do that, might break it, sort of thing. So there was a bit of that, and, and a few things got broken, and, but it was, it was, it was fine. And then uh, we'd have to buy different bits because you hadn't got the right bit and all that. <laughs> so you techno junkies then. <laughs> mm -hmm. Get the count.
technology, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, it's like, I love the idea of technology and stuff. And you look through these magazines and they're great. You've got a whole one of those. And you almost, you almost always, when you get one of these things, say it can do this, this, and this, it always lets you down. You always feel like it's not as good as it could be because mm. your brain kind of takes it on and reads this thing and goes, this is going to be problem solving the most the biggest thing that you've ever you, you've had or needed and it's kind of a bit like that so it's like working with computers mm-hmm. it's it's it, it's, it's actually like computer games as well isn't it yeah it's just like you, you went back to something like space invaders mm. which at the time just wow yeah there was some yeah. Of graphics on this are amazing yeah. yeah and then you know just i mean of course there's like a real fashion again for it now but yeah. in terms of graphically speaking it just looks really limited yeah. so, you know, it's just such a quick turnover in, in technology. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously that's going to that's gonna affect your recording because you've got all this technology coming in. But, yeah. I mean, a lot of the stuff that you intended to use, you never landed up using and landed up just putting it through, you know, through your traditional pedals and yeah. things like mm-hmm. that. It's, it's because we've, we've got, we've, we get bored very, very, very easily and we want things instantly. One of the things, it didn't work out like that, but one of the things we want to do is work quickly. And if you've got a computer and you've got to set up click tracks, you've got to set up sound and stuff, it takes a long time. And we did it with Airbag and that was yeah. good. But after two days of you and Tom doing that, and it was a great, great thing that you did. I'm not doing that. I'm not dissing it at all because it had right, to be I done. Just carry on. No, 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 carry on. But it, it gets, you know, if we'd <laughs> done you that. said at the time. If we'd <laughs> done that with every single track, you know, 24 days, and that's what it would, you know, yeah. would have taken because, you know, we're not fast workers. It, it would have been so, there's, Whereas, you know, climbing up the walls, you do that within five minutes or whatever, you get a sound going and you're all playing, and it's instant, you've got something to, you can work to, and and something you can be really um, motivated and and, and get a vibe off, really. And what did you retain from the first two albums and landed up incorporating on the new album, and, and what was new, things that maybe you hadn't done before? Did you sort I of think go back and have a look at the, the last two albums and say, okay, well, no. we like that, we didn't like that. No. Let's take, you know... Uh, I mean, uh, I think when, when we started off, I mean, it's not as if we took the you know, Radiohead blueprint and ripped it up and said, let's, let's recreate ourselves. I mean, there's a real sense of, uh, of a, de- a development there. I mean, you can actually see the thread from, say, that drill EP straight up to OK Computer, and I think you can still tell it's the same band, but... Um, I don't, you know, take a song like Lucky, I mean, I think that that's a very good kind of midpoint song between the Benz and, and OK Computer. Lucky was a watershed song, wasn't it? Yeah. In terms of Tom's writing and... When and that does it. appear on the album. It is on the album. Is it on yeah. the album? Oh, yeah. Great. Track okay. 11. Oh, okay. That's right. But, I mean, that, for that, you know, I mean, in terms of recording, that fell, fell midway yes. between the two yes. albums anyway. Yeah. Um, but you know that that's that still sounds that still sounds very close to the band. Mm. But I mean, the way we approached that was the first thing that we could actually produce ourselves, and in a way that that gave us like the the direction for for, for OK Computer. I think. Are you sort of aware of your sound that there is a Radiohead sound? Well, I think we're aware of the, there definitely was a Radiohead sound on the first two albums, and it was something to get away from, you know, I mean, we, we, one of the things that I think about OK Computer that we like, that 
a lot of us liked in the band was that we felt that a lot of it didn't sound like Radiohead. Um, but then, you know, you can't... But then as a band, you can't really be objective about these things. And, and of course, be, you know, you, you don't want to sound like a different band each album. Um, and, and it's not possible to anyway. I mean, the, unless you were completely proficient musician and Tom was able to sing in different styles all the time and and, and it, it, it's not you know it's I think what's interesting about bands is progression or, or the development or the see how album changes from, from, sure. from album to album. And, and where would you say you are now as far as that progression is I mean is there sort of are you at, at sort of a pinnacle point or are you still sort of taking on board and, and we're, we're still taking board. I mean, I think that after we came out of doing OK Computer, once we finished the album, we felt like we were just drained of any ideas, any more ideas, any new ideas. It's like, you know, we've, we've done all we possibly could on that this album. It was like, we've we, we sweated over it. We were just, you know, completely emotionally and musically drained. And that's why going out onto going out onto the road, going out to tour and, and, and just playing, trying to relearn these songs and play these songs again and just playing as a band. Um, so, no, I'd, 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 maybe in hindsight we'll be able to see where we are, but at the moment it's very... It feels very shaky again at the moment because we've <laughs> played since, live since last August. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you, you get to the end of an album and it all sounds quite polished and all quite oh, in control and then yeah. suddenly you get, get it back into into the life situation you think, oh, no. oh my god. <laughs> and, <Love this. laughs> I mean, um, the choice to, to, to produce yourselves, I mean, as you said, it, you, it is difficult to be objective as a band. I mean, um, bands obviously do it, but um, has, has, it, has it been a good thing uh, yeah. to produce yourselves? It's, it's the, it was the natural thing to do. It was with, with someone like Nigel. Yeah. Um, it was because it's another discipline. It was learning, you know, the whole the great thing about having a producer. We all, John Leckie and, and the way that John Leckie was and the way that Sean Slade and Paul Dairy were, they weren't arrangers. You know, we'd have done all the arranging, we'd done all the music. What they were is they were timekeepers, they were kind of disciplinarians. Mm, which you need. And which you need, you really do. And we had to learn all of that. So it, it, was, it was definitely the right thing. It was the first time we could actually probably take on board and do that and it's all right doing it for two two or three days but whole chunks of time i just wanted to introduce you to colin hello colin just wondering what you wanted to join in or what's it yeah well you know just for the end of it yeah if you want to interrupt just another five minutes yeah just wrap it up didn't want to interrupt is that right with you yeah we've got five minutes yeah you just won the foot spa, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I've won a foot spa. <laughs> National radio in the UK. Uh, that's right, I heard about that. Because <laughs> I must admit your, 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 your internet following and, uh, is, is, is rather large. I recently joined the, the group uh, just to see what people were asking and uh, to say the, the interest among... I mean, uh, you did the interview with the Irish Radio. Couple of weeks ago, I don't know. I don't think you did. Johnny, no, Johnny did. Johnny did. Right. Johnny did. Sorry, and uh, as I say, because you seem to seem to. I mean, coming back to Barcelona, why why did you choose to start 
everything in Barcelona, do two shows, then have it have the break. Uh, why? Yeah. For goodness sake. Um, I think I think we're. Uh, yeah. Have a look around you. <laughs> yes. Not, not a difficult one. No, no. But that's um, the obvious. I think we 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 knew that we'd actually be quite nervous about this this week. You know, it's the first time that people will have heard the famous new material live, well, in, in, in its form as it is now. And so I think we wanted to come somewhere that we could relax as much as possible. Barcelona's always seemed to um, seem to have that effect on us. Right. And also, hopefully, everybody who's coming to see us will go back soon yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and um, you, you were said to be given free reign. Uh, with this album by EMI, does that sort of mean that the, the first two you had someone sort of knocking on the door? Sort of? We we were just we were we were left alone. I think our A&R man came down once or twice. Just he was on his way down to see his family, so he's passing through. So he popped in. Yeah. Our managers, we we'd ask them for advice halfway through, and they, they'd say, look, you know, it's your record. You you do you finish it. And then, you know, or you finish tracking, mm. and you think you finish tracking, then come to us and see. So we were left um, entirely to our own devices. And, and yes, and you know, having to plan things, you know, no one's saying, no one's saying, at Christmas time, by Christmas time, we had to focus on, you know, 14 tracks. So we didn't have anyone putting any pressure saying, when's, when's, they just said, it'll be, if you, what they said, if you want a release before the summer, you have to have it mixed and finished by mid-March. And we're like, it's time to get our skates on. Yeah, get cracking. And it's Christmas. I mean, the EMI also seems to be pretty optimistic about the album. Yeah, despite the fact they've heard it, I know. But, sorry. Why do you think that is? Because it seems almost that this is the, I mean, okay, bar all the comparisons that you have made, and everything else but this seems to be the, the big commercial album would you sort of agree or not well I, I think a lot of people are saying once they've heard the record that <laughs> it's gone from commercial suicide which I didn't we didn't really respond very well to because we, we didn't think it was that extreme yeah to uh, to well it takes a couple of listens it does take a couple of listens anything if you do anything different it's and going you to take albums what can you pay for an album get into that full time. Yeah, yeah. But you, you, anything that you listen to, anything that's different, it takes you a couple of listens to get into. Mm. It's almost a sign to say that, that that to me says an album that's got longevity. It's Absolutely. Got, it's got well, all the elements. Because if you just fall into it, then it's, uh, I mean, within a week, you've, you've, you know, you've lost it. Yeah. 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 And if you have to sum the album up as a whole? As a whole? Finished. <laughs> Finished. <laughs> I'm going to ask you one last favour, if I may. I'm going to ask you to do two IDs for me. One, one for my show and then one for the sort of national broadcaster, which is 5FM. Uh, um, so you can play with it as you will. You've got the best radio voice. So, 
Yeah. What's your full name? Jason? Jason Curtis. Jason yeah. Curtis on 5FM? No, I'm not on 5FM. Okay. You can do the one just 5FM straight. And okay. then my, um, I do a show, as I say, uh, called The Cutting Edge. Very cliche, okay. but that's the name of the show, all right? So <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> um, okay, so when you're ready. Do you want to show just say one? You do it all together. In unison. Hello, this is Ed from Radiohead. This is Phil. And this is Colin. And you're listening to Jason Curtis on The Cutting Edge. Thank you. And Thanks. then we can just do the one for five of them. Hi, this is Phil from Radiohead. And this is Colin from Radiohead. And this is Ed from Radiohead. And this is Radiohead on 5FM. Excellent. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay. Appreciate your time. Oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jason. That was, thanks. Was that not too painful? That was great. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. That's cool.